I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Anytime Evgeny Malkin has gone into any sort of prolonged slump or pouting or however you would choose to characterize it, there's been this undercurrent of, well, he's done. Let's move on. Let's see what's next. The Geno era is over. Well, my friends, you're now watching what it looks like or what it could look like when the Geno era is over. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. Penguins lost to the Devils yesterday by a 2-1 to one count. In overtime, at least got a point out of it. Uh, three points out of the three games against the Devils, though, leaves a really hollow feeling, even with... Malkin missing, Jason Zucker, Brandon Tanev, Teddy Bluger. It's not the same team. It's not remotely a healthy team, but especially up front. Early in the season, it was all the defensemen. Now it's all the forwards. That's what's obvious out of what happened yesterday. The Penguins were wearing down Sid's line. Mike Sullivan came really, really close to admitting that after the game yesterday, and that's just not going to work. There's nothing about it that's going to work. It's a tough, tough schedule that they have to go through. I'm not talking about the opponents here. I don't care if it's Devils, Sabres, or the Shaler JV. You're going to have a tough time competing on your fifth game in seven days. Hockey is not baseball. It's not built for daily activity. So what you need to see here, what you need to see in the very near future are reinforcements. And by that I mean people that are better than Mark Jankowski and Colton Sevier and other guys that can play on the third or fourth line and help out Sid. But it's still such a hollow feeling. When Malkin isn't there, when Sid doesn't have him as support, it's always been an unusual dynamic between the two of them because they've almost never played together, meaning, you know, regular five-on-five shifts. And at the same time, for 15 years now, there's been that that metronome-like quality to Penguins games where you know Sid's out there and then Gino's out there or the other way around, and you know that the other team has to constantly stay aware, stay on their toes, uh, understand that they were 
always one mistake away from having the puck in the back of their net. Gino is a presence. He's more than just the guy who has produced 1,100 points and won the three Stanley Cups because you do reach a point in your career where the numbers are going to fade a little bit, and we're starting to see some of that with with both Sid and Gino. But there's something to be spoken for that presence concept. There really is. To not have Gino to compliment Sid, what you see are, are two things. One of them is plain to the naked eye. Which is, they're just not nearly as good. Okay, well, dispensing with that, you see Sid try to take on the burden of taking over the game. And we've talked about this forever and ever as it relates to the other way around. When Sid's out, Gino ramps up his game. The truth is, it's always been true the other way. It's always been the case the other way, too. Sid has always ramped up his effort. Not that his effort comes into question very often, but he's ramped up his own effort and performance and everything the way he did in these three games against the Devils. It looked like he was trying to win these games. I don't want to say by himself because he uses his line mates so well, but trying to elevate his line to the point where they would win the games. And what do you know? They've got, uh, meaning between Sid and Jake Gensel and Brian Rust, they've scored 11 of the Penguins' last 19 goals. That's That's a pretty impressive and at the same time <laughs> deflating ratio because that's not what you want. I don't know that Sid could sustain himself trying to perform like this for any significant period of time. I'm not sure that he pulled it off this weekend. You know, um, this is anything but critical, but he was out there for the three-on-three, and the Devils and Jesper Brach just stick-handled right through him, right around him. He could barely move. He could barely move. Now, he wasn't alone. Kasperi Kapanen was barely moving, and Mike Matheson was barely moving, and Tristan Jari, just to cap it all off, barely moved from post to post on Brat's wraparound. They were all exhausted. But when you see it with Sid, you you, you kind of you raise a little bit of a red flag. Sid is the serial winner, as Mike Babcock famously called him at the Sochi Olympics. Serial winner. He's all about winning. He's going to do whatever it is that he has to do to win the game. And there is such a thing as trying to do too much, even for someone of his immaculate achievement and skill level. There is such a thing as doing too much. I would argue that Sid has always needed Gino as much as Gino has needed Sid. I would argue that Sid, even though he's done the speaking, even though he's done the leading, most of the stuff that's off the ice, the way Gino would uh, occasionally... Uh, dismiss someone in the locker room. Go ask Sid. Go talk Sid. 
Go talk Sid. Because he didn't feel like he needed to do that. Sid would take that stuff on, but at the same time, on the ice. I honestly believe that because Sid has been able to withstand some of his own uh, slumps and down periods at any point in his career, I'm not talking about recently, at any point, because he's had Gino there, because he's had another superstar in residence, that it's allowed him to do something that doesn't necessarily come into character naturally for him, which is to ease up, which is to take the foot off the brakes a little bit at a necessary level to make sure that he doesn't, you know, lose his own mind. Sid understands that he he needs support. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And if there was, heck, I asked him about it after this game. Yeah, I mean that's always that's always important when you want to have success consistently. I think uh, you know tonight we generated some some decent chances every line and didn't capitalize and it was a close game and obviously uh, you know over time anything can happen but um, yeah I think if you want to win consistently uh, everybody's got to chip in. See that answer is just so Sid. It's so diplomatic. It's so no matter how. This evil reporter tried to get me to throw my fellow forwards under the bus. I'm not about to do that. But at the same time, if you listen to what he said, he's still acknowledging he needs help. He had a hundred different ways he could have answered that without ever, ever conceding that point, and he did. He needs help. And after a game like the one yesterday, and after the three games that they just played against New Jersey, he feels it. There's no question in my mind he feels it. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. If you haven't cut your cord yet from the cable company, I can't imagine what you'd be waiting for at this point. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch the same channels You get DVR, and you don't pay for it, and you don't pay for any installation. Better yet, it comes with AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh, which means you get all the Penguins games and all the Pirates games, which I know is one of the things that people are always afraid of whenever they cut cable. Well, I mean, uh, cable, there's no other way to see this channel. Well, now there is. You can see it on FuboTV. Better yet, our listeners to this podcast Get a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. All you have to do is go to FuboTV.com slash DK. No contracts. You can cancel anytime. Go to FuboTV.com slash DK for 15% off your first month and a free trial. I'm not sharing anything with anybody here that isn't something that you didn't see or understand or know for yourself. Gino matters, I know, really breaking ground here. But Gino matters to Sid, too. You saw that exchange between the two of them at Sid's pregame ceremony for his 1,000th game. When did Sid get choked up in watching that tribute video? Yep. A little bit with Latang, 
a little bit more with Gino. That was the chronology of it. Doesn't mean he likes one better than the other. And then they were caught on mic for the team's internal network as Sid saying to Gino, yeah, that that got me. It's been a fascinating, fascinating relationship between the two. We have seen throughout hockey history great pairs, great duos. It goes back, I was about to say Phil Esposito and Bobby Orr. It goes way back before that. We saw Gretzky and Messier together in Edmonton. Sackick and Forsberg, Iserman and Fedorov. I'm just winging it here off the top of my head, so don't get mad if I leave out you know, some really obvious ones like, oh, I don't know, Lemieux and Yager. <laughs> but there's been, there's been many examples of this, and the relationships are always interesting because there's always going to be one that's, a, that's above the other. There's always going to be one true superstar between the two. But the other one doesn't just accept the role and embraces it, and yet is so important to the main one, is so important to the guy at the forefront, the one who's putting up, you know, a few more points. And I don't know that that's something that we should dismiss lightly every single time that Gino. Uh, you know, goes three or four games without a point or commits one of those crazy turnovers at center ice that make you think for a second that he doesn't care, you know, or that he's lost it or whatever. There's something special between these two. And always be aware that just moving Gino out won't just be losing Gino, it'll be losing a piece of Sid as well. When we come back, just one more. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back. It's time for just one question that's brought to you always on this program by the very good people at Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across Western Pennsylvania. If you happen to be one of those, please don't hesitate to reach out. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org 
slash get help. I'm going to read that address to you one more time. Pittsburgh Food Bank. Spell it out. PittsburghFoodBank.org slash get help. Today's question comes from Eric. Who asks? Ron Hextall talks Matt Collin into coming out of retirement to play instead of Colton Sevier or Mark Jankowski. Who says no? <laughs> you know, I got to admit, for all the negative thoughts I've had about both Sevier and Jankowski for months now, not once have I thought about Matt Collin coming back to replace them. It's funny how often his name still comes up, but it does. Matt Cullen, for anybody who doesn't know, remains in the Penguins organization. He's doing hockey work, developmental work, instructional work, assisting players, including Jankowski, notably, early on in training camp, uh, with face-offs, in particular face-off being a teachable skill, something you would want all of your centermen and even arguably your wingers to be able to pick up along the ladder as they climb toward the NHL level. But no, he's he's not coming back. Neither is Trevor Daly, by the way. I hear a lot about Trevor Daly, especially when the Penguins were missing all their left-handed defensemen. Daly also is working as a member of the Penguins' front office, and he also is completely retired. But other people can and should be offered the jobs of these two. What keeps them in the lineup? The singular answer to that is penalty killing. And no, neither of them is not particularly good at it. Like, Sevier's okay. Jankowski's not. But one thing that I, I learned from Sullivan in, a, in a, an extended talk that we had, I'll say that this is about two years ago, he makes his lineup for the day, for the night, based largely on PK. When you and I mess around with line combinations, you know what I'm talking about. Like, let's just lay these out. Let's see who should be the third line and fourth line, whatever. We don't do it the way they do. Coaches stack their penalty killers, and they prioritize who's in or out of the lineup based on penalty killing. They need to have six guys, minimum six guys, capable of doing it, uh, who have participated in the classroom sessions that they have for PK, uh, who know what's all being done or what's supposed to be done and who have been schooled on the opponent's power play. If you're one of those players, you'll be in the lineup ahead of someone who is of greater talent or greater anything. So if I'm going to get one of these guys out of the lineup, I've got to have somebody else doing it. And that's why it's significant that Frederick Gaudreau had a pretty nice game yesterday. I'm not going to overstate it. I thought he did some good things. I thought he showed some confidence with the puck uh, at one point of the game, carrying it coast to coast. Like, I didn't know he had that in him. Right through the Devils, like it was nothing. If you watch the game, you probably know exactly the sequence I'm talking about. But 
more pertinent to what I'm saying now, he also had four times the amount of shorthanded ice time that Jankowski did. Four times. He had two-plus minutes. Jankowski had uh, not even 40 seconds. And on top of that, Sullivan had good things to say about Goudreau after the game. So all of that was maybe, maybe the beginning of somebody else taking that role. Goudreau has mostly an offensive pedigree uh, coming up through the Quebec League. I know that's what they say about everybody coming up through the Quebec League. But the Penguins have schooled him and 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 schooled him hard, and they, they believe in him. They believe in his ability to become a two-way player. So, look, I'm not suggesting he's the answer either, but I'm willing to look at people off the street right now instead of those two guys. Uh, they're adding nothing to this equation, and they're occasionally subtracting. Good fun question, though, anyway. Thanks for that, Eric. Thanks to everybody for listening. And we will do this daily shot of Penguins Day again tomorrow. career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.